I'll try something new today. So for those of you on YouTube, you're just now tuning in, you didn't get that whole first part, but um, we are gonna try to uh, redo this room and uh, the youth group's coming back. And so we got L kick, kick to the curb. <laughs> uh, so you started out strong, you just finished terrible. Yeah, L. that's right. I, that's the way I normally do. You know, my sermons, I feel like I start off strong, and then it's like, I, I, end, I end terrible. Um, but I, I saw a preacher this week, bless his heart, he's like, I think I just preached the most horrible sermon of my life and posted on there. But I was so glad to see everybody encouraging. But I think it's how, I don't know, do you ever feel that way? Yeah, I mean, because, you know, you, 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 I mean, like you're talking about last week. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, you figure you study and you, you put all this effort into no, it. No, I'm, I'm talking about somebody different, not you. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I'm just saying, like, yeah, I feel like that a lot. You know, yeah. like, like, um, you know, just because you you put so much effort into it. You know, like, I've got ten hours worth of work into twenty minutes, thirty right. minutes, or something like that. You just feel like, yeah, I, I dropped the ball on that one. You talking about your sermons? Yes. Thirty five, forty five. After <laughs> no, the first half, I know. I just, I, I, we're talking about that. I do good with the first half, but then I'll finish strong. I think we need to start like putting intermissions in on our sermons. <laughs> but if I were to put intermission in on my sermons, like nobody come back, they'd be like, "That was great." <laughs> yeah, right, I appreciate it. Like when you said, change the tape. Yeah. If they were to put intermission in, um, that would, I, I want. Well, listen. You know, next twenty. Eutychus falls asleep and falls out of the window from Paul's break. It's scriptural. So it's scriptural to take the, a snooze. Scriptural to take a snooze. Just not what I'm doing. I'm just so thankful that like most of the people who I preach to have like lived out that scripture, you know. Mm-hmm. Not falling out of the window, but Right. But you know, what I think is funny asleep. is is you know the people that are like, Oh, I get up at four o'clock in the morning. I get up at five. I get a five ready, rare oh, to yeah, go. And, then, and then on Sunday night they're sleeping. Yeah, right. yeah. Or or you get up to say the opening prayer and afterwards their wife kind of nudges them back awake you know you're like okay buddy yeah you know like preach that sermon to somebody else yeah man when i work night shift used to work you know one weekend i'd work all weekend and the next weekend i was off and uh, i was one of those swing schedules whatever but so i literally worked from 6 6 p.m to 6 a.m friday saturday and then sunday well, it's like you get off at 6 a.m., but what do you do till 10 o'clock? I know. So if you take a nap, it's just terrible. Just, it's horrible. Yeah. You wake up, you feel like your head's this big, and yep. you're walking around. Right. You want to spank your kids for breathing too loud. You want to yeah. take the Lord's Supper with sunglasses on. <laughs> right, right. But, but, yeah, so it's either Sunday morning or Sunday night that you go to church. And mm-hmm. But, well, actually, Sunday night was 6. I had to work at 6 on mm-hmm. Sunday night, so... Anyway, so that morning I'm I'm in there like it's <laughs> right. horrible. But so I, I know how I know how some people feel. So we're gonna try something brand new for y'all uh, this week, and we want your feedback as to how you how you like it. And I'm gonna try to go to a different scene. So Chris is gonna show us a video, and we're gonna see if you guys would like to see more of this. We're gonna just do something for little giggles to start with. Is we're gonna play part of a video. And I'm not seeing it. Chris picked this video. Well, the the reason why we did this is to give people time to come on and and you know because this is unscripted and and right. we just want people to know we want to have fun and and you know because we're going to dig in and I hope that we always dig in and I appreciate the your seriousness that you take to it when we dig in but I still want to have fun and yeah. it's just a good way to do it. So Bob said, "Hey, let's play a video." And and I thought I'd, this is one. You go ahead and switch over there. This is one that I shot. The uh, you'll have to go to the actual website because we didn't make it interactive 
You're gonna have to go down to the bottom to Chrome. Click on. Um, sorry, yeah. I was reading something on Facebook. Oh, oh. yeah, I gotta change over to YouTube. Yeah. And, so uh, you mean gonna play it? Yeah, go on and play it. Yeah, so Chris picked this video. I've never seen it before. And well, so there's, there's about, there's probably, well, I sent it to Paul and Caitlin Stafford, and Jessica saw it at the same time. But I figure that the whole Hillcockford clan have seen this video. Let me now. make sure that uh, that our viewers can see that. Yeah, they can see it, I'm sure. Well, I'll make sure I'm on that right scene. Okay, good Yeah. Job. And then we're going to give a little commentary on it. And I'm... Again, y'all are seeing this for the first time just like me. So we shot this from the drone at our pond down here. And Aiden, yeah, this year. <laughs> Aiden Stafford was <laughs> stayed with us this weekend. And, and the boys wanted to take you up. Get in the boat. Get in the boat. Y'all got, well, got crocodiles in that pond too? We do. They're big ones. Save me. Look at it where they, they done got the boat so much. Aiden's face. Know, I know. <laughs> Like, I really. Why this is so funny? You know, I wish you could. Oh, the swamp in the boat. Look, look at all the mud in it. They Lord, didn't got in it. Don't you fear that we're perishing? Don't right. you care that we're perishing? Right, right. This is so funny. And Liam's telling Aiden to get out. If you can see the video, like Jessica actually steps out on the porch, like, what's going on? What's going on? Liam's Liam, trying to Liam's trying to bail the, the boat out. Aiden's trying to climb back over in there, watch him. You know, right now they're scared to death, thinking this thing's gonna go under. I know. Like, it. Daddy's gonna be. So mad, at be so mad at it. So bad. I know. Lee, Lee, pushing Aiden off. Like, get out of here. <laughs> what I love is like little Aiden Stafford. He he weighs like forty five pounds, soaking wet. It. He can climb up in there all he wants. I know it. Poor Aiden's like me. Something had to be after him. Aiden. I made him go to the back Stafford of the boat. On the top of the boat. <laughs> right. You should have heard him. Aiden was hollering, "Go to the back. Go to the back." And so you're just sitting here filming this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm just filming it. You know, they finally recognized. See, they finally realized that I was filming them <laughs> here. We're good. Yeah, no problems here, Daddy. We didn't almost sink the boat, Dad. Right, right. Yeah, they just they just about swamped it. It was just so funny to watch them. Look at all the muddy water right away and then stirred it up. <laughs> now, the, now they're like, well, let's jump in. Yeah. We're on camera. Either way, there's some just them having fun. It's just a funny thing. Bailing out the water. Bailing. I've been that way before. We were at a state park, and me and my cousin was, were in a boat, and we're like, I don't know, 12, and this boat had a hole in it, and we're, and it's like November, <laughs> and this thing starts filling up. And, uh, man, I love that drone. So this thing starts filling up with water, and fortunately – his uh his brother-in-law is like 12 years older than us and he uh he was big muscle dude and so he he was close by and he tied our boat to his and he and these are rowing boats mm -hmm. you know that you can rent from the state park and mm -hmm. anyways not beware if you rent a boat from standing stone state park that one of them might have a hole in it mm -hmm. but yeah, I've been I've been panicked before because we didn't take our life jackets out there. Right, it was middle of November, young kids. <laughs> right, eleven degrees. Yeah, you know the and you'd be surprised how crazy cold water gets when it's like sixty degrees. You oh, think yeah. it's like minus forty eight. That's right. Yeah, you know you baptize somebody. I always feel bad when I had to baptize somebody in freezing cold water. And it's never freezing cold. You know, I mean, like really and truly, like when you do it, it's still like. 55, 60 degrees, but it feels like it's 400. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like you stick your hand in 120 degree water. It feels like it's boiling when it's really not. It's just 20 degrees hotter than you are. Yeah. And so at 60 degrees, 
Oh, it feels like it's yeah. Yeah, freezing cold. to death. Yeah, exactly. Like ice, icicles uh, are fixing the form. So we're in Acts. We just finished Acts ten last week, and uh, y'all give us feedback if you want us to uh, commentate more videos like that, unscripted. Then uh, let us know. Just something to to uh, start your day off. Hopefully, somebody laughed about that and brightened your day a little bit. And we're Christians. We're uh, we we live lives unscripted. And that's the way a Christian is. We, you know, your life's not all, it's not all written out. And if it was, then, you know, God didn't form robots to follow him. He, he gave us a choice. And, and that's what this podcast is all about is we live unscripted lives, but we have scripture to help guide us. And we want to help guide you. And we're two evangelists who love the Lord and love God's word. And it shows because we just keep talking about it. And really and truly, I mean, I don't know. I mean, me and you both. Our poor listeners, because me and you, we can just sit here and talk about this all the time. Yeah, hours. And the, you know, that's what we did our... Our poor listeners, all three of them. I know it, I know it. But hey, we appreciate you three. We're doing this for you. <laughs> right, you know. You three are superstars. That's right. And, uh, but, uh, you know, the thing of it is that there's just no end to it. I mean, you know, you, you figure yeah. that... We script to do eternity. That's right. Week in and week out. I mean, so you, you got this book that for... I mean, the codex, the, the book, as we know it, has been completed for, you know, 15, 1,600 years now. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you know, from then on, people have been, week in and week out, have been doing the same thing we're doing. I mean, you got this little section, you know, that's this big, right, that people are, are dissecting week in. Think about how many times this thing has been opened throughout the generations and dissected and poured over and thought about and never got to the end of. I mean, that's the beauty of God's Word. Is oh, yeah, we the unsearchable just, riches of Christ. We can just do it over and over, generation after generation, year after year, and it's still just as valuable today as it was when Paul wrote the first letter or, or Luke wrote the what we call the 11th chapter of the book of Acts. So it is. It's awesome. Yeah, and so we... We talked about Acts 10 last week and just kind of recap. God sets up this thing with with a man named Cornelius. We talked about how good Cornelius was. And I'm not here to recap everything that we talked about, but just to kind of give you a little bit of insight, you can go back and look at our podcast from from last week. Um, and uh, so Acts chapter 10, Cornelius, a centurion, God comes to him in a vision, great dude, but he still needed Jesus. And uh, and so then he he has a vision that uh, he needs to seek out a man named Peter and hear the message from him. He sends people to Peter. Christ comes to to Peter, and uh, certainly he has this this dream and and is told what he needs to do as well. And so Peter sent to preach to him. And this is really this the door is open to the Gentiles, but now we, we truly see it. And Peter sees that the door is open to the Gentiles. And that's what this whole thing was about. The The Holy Spirit fell upon them. And that was for evidence for, for those of the circumcision. And so we alluded to that a little bit last week saying in Acts 11, Peter's really, he's going to have to recount this story of what happened in Acts 10. And, um, and we may go back and touch on a few details that happened in Acts 10 as we, as we talk about Acts 11, but these these people of the circumcision, which are people who were once Jews, but now they are um, now they're Christians. They're following Christ. They're Jews. They just follow God. But they would have a really tough time seeing that Gentiles would be allowed 
would be allowed into into God's people. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you and the first few verses of chapter eleven show us that. You know, there's so there's such a richness to this text, and what I mean by that is that, so, like G. W. McGarvey's commentary on the Book of Acts, mm-hmm. it's written during the time of. Um, you know, I think he kind of dates it. You know, he's at Lexington College, which is uni- which will become the University of Kentucky, while he's there writing the, the the commentary on the Book of Acts or whatever it's called, and uh, whatever we call it, Acts of the Apostles. I can't remember what whatever whatever his commentary is. It's really interesting. You know, it's it's widely used not just in the Brotherhood, but even amongst the denominations. You know, because it's such a prolific uh, way that he writes all these details with the account of the Book of Acts, but. What G.W. McGarvey espouses, and I and, and I would disagree with him on this, is that he uses. So you're fixing to tell me something that's not worth hearing. More than likely. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Right. No. but yeah. sometimes we got to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, what Brother McGarvey and, and some people think that there was a rolling out of the of the gospel in the sense of that they will use textual instances like this where uh, Peter. You know, uh, Peter sees the Gentiles receiving the the door, the open the door of salvation. Mm-hmm. So that the Old Testament didn't instantly vanish away, right? So they'll 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 point to the fact that later on, for example, Paul makes a vow, right? And James comes to him and he says, "Listen, I, I need you to show that you're not teaching everywhere that the old law is going away. These men have made a vow, pay their te- you know this, that, and the other, and maybe we can look at that later, but." brothers would use that to point to the fact that they think that there was a transitional period, kind of like a, you know, a, a, they, that they kind of overlapped for a moment and then they were gone with the phasing out of the old law. Well, I, I don't think that's the case. And I think that, that you even see, I mean, Colossians 3, verse, I mean, 2 and verse 14 says that he took the old law out of the way and nailed it to, to the, the cross. cross. Right. So if, if you nail something, that's, I mean, you know, like I remember when I was um, building houses, and we had this—I uh, don't know how you call them—tree knots. Free story time, folks. Yeah, right. Go exactly. ahead. And we so we had this this tree Nazi, right? And I don't know how I don't know the proper name for him, but he was like the, the dirt cop, and I can't remember what his name. A what tree his, Nazi. You know, what his, what his uh, official title was, but he was the dirt cop. So if you build something, you had to put up silt fence and and all this and oh, that and the yeah. other. Something so that it wouldn't erode away into the woods, mind you. You know, you got to think like we built all in the woods where I come from. It's nothing but woods, right? And so, you know, the the, forbid it be if the dirt washes off of this side of the the hill to the other side, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So I come to I come to the uh, job site, right? And if he didn't like the way he looked, he he had this obnoxiously yellow sign that he would drive down in the ground. Exactly, and it said, "Stop power." Yes, exactly, with a hammer, right? And and it would say stop work order. He would drive that. He would take that sign and he would nail it to a tree. Nail it to a, if you're a rough framing or something like that. He would nail it to something on it. And and you knew right then when you pulled up something had changed. Something had changed. Yeah. Right. Good. Good. Good analogy. And, Colossians. And, yeah. And, and Colossians too. I mean, there Jesus didn't carry the the nails that Jesus carried to the cross were for our salvation. Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. The nails that that he used to nail the law. To it was was a figurative nail. Yeah, and I can see how some people would would uh. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. I, I can see though how some people could gather that conclusion because they're they're thinking, okay, 
what about this period where Jesus is alive for 40 days after his resurrection? Mm-hmm. You know, are we under the new law or under the old law? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, because the church is formed in Acts 2, which is 50 days after Passover, 50 days after Christ was crucified. So, right. so some people are like, okay, well, if the church wasn't established 50 days later, so then technically during that 40 days when Jesus presented himself alive and the few days while the apostles are waiting for the Holy Spirit... You know what's law were they under then, and so I can I can kind of see how they might could could come to that. And I think we try to do that so of, we can put God in a box. Mm-hmm. You know, like so if like if I can nail it, I mean, because the 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 Lord added to their number in Acts two and verse forty seven. So He were adding it to Peter's number, right? Right, mm-hmm. and then and then the rest of them, the five thousand that comes a few chapters later, are added to that to number. Peter's number and the three thousand, and then right. and and the multi, you know the multitudes that come after just added to the number. And so, well, the fact is, every one of them had to be taught, and so that that yes. Peter starts teaching. That's when the teaching is occurring, and so, you know, I personally would think that that whatever your knowledge was of, of God until you're taught, you know, is would, would be what God would hold you accountable for. And, uh, but certainly we have the written word now and that's, and it's complete, uh, you know, first Peter, you know, three and, uh, first Peter one, three that, you know, he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. By second the knowledge, Peter 1, yeah. Second Peter one, three, by the knowledge of human called, uh, so when you when you think about that, it's now we've got the knowledge. So the word is what I'm held accountable to now. But I think at that point it would have been I would have been held accountable to what my knowledge would have been, what I'd been taught. And if I hadn't been taught about Jesus, then could could you been under the the old law at that point? Well, here's the thing: is that what by the time we get to Cornelius, it's done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and in Acts one. You know, the last verse to Acts 2, chapter 1, you know, there's definitely a unique period. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. And and it's the same thing that you could say about Moses coming off the mountain. You know, were there any more Israelites until Moses officially stood before him and said, Here, Israel, you know, the, the Lord mm-hmm. God is one. You know, or, no, they were still, you know, God needed to... You know, Israel needed a... We've got to talk to the mic this way, too. Yeah. Israel needed a law to become a nation. So God writes them a law, right? And so, but whether Jesus... Whether it was two days after Jesus died or two months after Jesus died, he died because he was the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And so every person was then required to have faith in that one thing, right? And that faith was supposed to motivate him to action. And I don't know... Who, what was part of the hundred and some change that are in the upper room with Peter there? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can start making some speculations. Sure, right. His brothers, mm-hmm. his mama, the Marys, you know, mm-hmm. however you want to say right. it. You know, the the uh, the the two guys on the Emmaus Road. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, wh- whoever, you know, whatever the case may be. But but we certainly know that those people were the ones that were had looked to Jesus as the Messiah and they had found him there, and so. Yeah, that's why they're all gathered together because they knew like whatever whatever happens next, you know, we don't know we're going to be part of it. Mm-hmm. And the the church, of course, was the 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 natural progression. You know, we're talking what seven weeks, give or take. You know, yeah, two months. And so, ultimately, Jesus is the way. This was part of the process of salvation. But but we can see explicit pattern from Pentecost until perish for all of us. 
that there's one way that God chose Absolutely. to save man. Jesus nailed it to the cross, right? He nailed it. He to nailed the, the Old Testament to the cross, and so now we're under the the new law, and so so that's how you know that they're that because if that's the case, and on Pentecost, if there was a quasi transitional period. Peter and them should have been getting ready for a sacrifice, or they should have been getting ready for sure. mm-hmm. for some kind of Jewish, you know. Right. And the the Jews were they were they were that, that's right. Pentecost. That's exactly right. Which was the right thing mm-hmm. for a Jew to be doing. And it's all God's plan of going, hey, I've got all these people from all these nations in one spot, and Peter, you're going to unlock the keys. You that's know, right. You got the keys to unlock the kingdom here. Um. So did um, as far as what this. What'd you call him? J W T W McGarvey. G W. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you need to expound any more on? No. That? I, I, so. All I was saying is that you know, and and I, I'm not discouraging somebody because I, I have his book in my library, and mm-hmm. it is it is one of the most it is one of the most detailed commentaries that you can find on the Book of Acts. However, it's still a man's opinion, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah, that's why in Acts, and so is ours. So yes. you guys check check it. check us right? right check us here and the um. So the thing of it is that G.W. McGarvey's, uh, the way that he would see it as a rollout of the transition, and I don't know, I say I think he uses the term rolling out, and I, and, and I look at it as kind of like old law, new law, kind of comes on, lays over top of it, and kind of just pushes the old law out of the way, as, as I think is what he's trying to indicate. I just don't think that's the case. I think mm-hmm. that, that... It's explicit. It's explicit. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that there's a, a cutoff point to it, and, 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 and I think the scriptures prove that out. And... Um, and that's why there, there's a, but what you get to see is the same problem that we have today. Yeah. It, it's rolling into Peter and some of these new disciples. They're trying to bring yeah. the old law with them, some parts of it. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's a perfect example for us today of how I just don't know it all. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I just, I just don't know everything. And so Peter didn't either. Yeah. And, and so Peter, you know, there needs to be like a, they would have known, right? I mean, like, you think about this. Peter, you never hear Peter quoting Scripture, bar none, until after Jesus, uh, you know, kind of lets them know, like, it's fixing on happening, right? And, and you hear Peter in Acts 1 mm-hmm. quoting the Scriptures, you know, like... Yeah, you know, talking with, about getting Matthias. And, right, yeah. right. You know, we're going to have to... So you're starting to see Peter. So they would have known... The, in Acts 2, he quotes these scriptures, you know, Joel and Psalm 110 and, mm-hmm. and all these things that Peter's quoting there. Right. But so it's not that they wouldn't have known that there was a point that the Gentiles would have Because it's not like, you know, they said they, they blocked out Isaiah 66 mm-hmm. from Peter's mind, right? I mean, the, it's not that that would have happened. Or 56, it's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 56. Mm-hmm. It's that they're, the, the problem is that you see them as men. Right, and and I can see this in myself that that there's always this learning that I need to do, and and I always need to be able to be ready to make whatever shifts I need to make in my life. You know, if there's something that that I, I can never take away a truth, right? So once I learn blue, you can never take that away from right. me, mm-hmm. right? I can add two blue, yeah. I can I can I can add a little white to blue, make it Carolina blue. I can add whatever you got to do to make it. Royal blue, black. I reckon maybe is what you'd have to add to a little darker pigment. To, but yeah. I can never take away from blue. Now, That's I, right. That's all, folks. That's what we had for today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right, and it's and, and that's interesting because, you know, the apostles had the the ability, and we talked about this in a previous podcast of the laying on of hands to give the gift of knowledge, the gift of the spirit of knowledge of going, hey, I haven't studied this, but now I'm gonna. 
the laying on of the apostles' hands, they were allowed to give them that, that knowledge, and certainly that's one thing that we think had happened in Samaria mm-hmm. um, to allow the church to keep going because Philip and, you know, there's nobody who's established there who had knowledge of the things that were going on. It's a Gentile nation. And so, right. uh, well, anyways, um, I think that that's interesting that they had the gift of laying on of hands to give somebody knowledge, but yet here they're still having something. Peter, in Acts 10, he's got this struggle that's still in his mind of not accepting a Gentile. You know, rise, Peter, kill and eat. No, not so, Lord. Right. I'm never eating anything unclean. I'm not going to eat anything unclean. That's right. So, if, so, and that's the same way what these guys had in Acts 11, because they're coming to Peter and they're like, dude, what are you doing? Right. And that's what, that's what this, uh, chapter 11, verse 1. Now, the apostles and brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. That's what this is all about. Verse 2, and when Peter had came to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision contended with him, saying, you went into uncircumcised men and ate with them. Isn't it funny that... What are you doing? But 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 they heard what? You know, it says that they heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say they heard that, oh, Cornelius or... It's not. It's not. This is not just about Cornelius. This is about the Gentiles. The Gentiles, right? Mm-hmm. And and so you got to even figure that like any and Cornelius is credentialized before, right? As as being friendly to the Jewish nation and and all these yeah, things. Right. But but they said they they said they heard that they'd received the word of God. So you know we understand that a receiving you know is not just like a, I got a package, right? But I got it. It's just like uh, if uh, you know like you ever been waiting on something. You know, like oh, yeah. like you order a gun, yeah. right, or something like that, or a, a new knife, or something really cool. It's not like it's a, you know, uh, some kind of refrigerator magnet, right, yeah. <laughs> or something. You, you got this cool thing coming. You can't wait. You get excited about yeah, it. Yeah, I can't Certainly. wait to get it, and I can't wait to open it. And and you know, no matter what happens, you give you a new gun. It's not like you're gonna be like. I'll wait till about Christmas time to shoot yeah. it, you know. Yeah. Or if the thing comes to the house, it ain't like well, I'll open that next week. Yeah, I'm going to do it now. Yeah. Right? Where's my Take, knife? Yeah, exactly, exactly right. And so that's the they have received the word of God. So they haven't just heard it, but they've taken it in, and and now they realize what that meant for them that they had been added to the church. Right. Mm-hmm. They may not have understood that. Yeah. The, the, that's kind of what James is talking about. The, Receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls, and they, yeah, they fully received it. It's they received their heart. it. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is that the accusation that they levy against Peter is not that you preach to the Gentiles, right? Yeah, it's an old law. It's an old law issue that they have. Put right, right but you went in to uncircumcised men and ate with them. Yeah, it's not that you preached to them, Peter. It's not that they received the word of God, but it's that you went in and ate with them. <laughs> Like you're 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 you've broken the law. Yeah. You know these things that we've been doing for thousands of years. This, you, this you is kind of one of them issues that the church faces sometimes. You know, a lot of times we're not going to split because of doctrine issues, but we'll split over a copy machine right. or what color the carpet is, or the pews or white. You know the the paint on the walls, and it's of all the issues they could have brought up to Peter, they bring up an old law issue. That's right. And and you know really and truly when it gets to those points in the church. That we're trying to split over a, the what color we're going to hang the curtains up, or colors we're going to repad the pews at, or something like that. 
we then we try to make it a doctrinal issue, right? Mm-hmm. Then we stand back and we look for a point that we can point a finger and say, aha, I got you. You know, that way I can point to a reason why, but the whole time in the back of my mind it's that it's that I am still in a I am still miffed about the fact that that you changed the color of the carpet or you got the a weird copier or you didn't take my advice on something and now I'm going to make it an issue of something I want to. And that's what you get to see here is that these Jews, I mean, it, it, this is, I mean, you, you see that with Peter. It's not like, you know, these are the bad ones. This is all of them. Yeah. You know, this is all and These the aren't Jews. Jews right now. They had been Jews. Yeah, now racially, they're, they're Jews. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. Racially, they're Jews. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's not like that, that Peter went in and, and now the bad apples show up. That's not what happened. This was a, 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 a universal problem amongst them. Yeah, that's right. And so they're all upset that he went in and ate with them. With uncircumcised, that means people who were non-Jewish as far as, uh, I guess... Nationality, nationality race, race, whatever. whatever. Right. So then, but Peter's going to explain to them in order from the beginning, verse 4, verse 5. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, an object descending like a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and it came to me. You know, this is this is amazing. Other than the Apostle Paul, I don't know of any conversion that's that's recounted other than this one. Yeah, that's a good idea. I never thought about that. That's a good point. And so Peter's having to recount what happened. And so it ain't like, this isn't like, oh, well, uh, hey, let me tell you about the Ethiopian eunuch or let yeah. me tell you about, uh, you know, Lydia and, and or let me tell you about the jailer. No, this is, so this is, this is different. That's what we were saying in the last podcast was that the Gentiles getting this, this is the one time only that the Holy Spirit falls upon somebody prior to water baptism. And and so Peter's even, and so the whole emphasis here is on the Gentiles getting, receiving salvation. And this is pouring over into chapter 11. And Peter's having to explain himself. He's like, well, I know, I know guys, I was the same way, but I'm telling you that I was in, you know, Joppa. I had this vision and uh, this object descending and, Verse 6, when I observed it intently and considered, I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creepy things, birds of the air, and I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has at any time entered my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God has cleansed you must not call common. Now this was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. At that very moment, three men stood before the house where I was having where I was, having been sent to me from Caesarea. Did I say that right? Yeah. Do y'all say Caesarea like that from? Mm-hmm. We do. Okay. Some people may say Caesarea. Caesarea. Mm-hmm. Caesarea. 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 I don't know, because I know sometimes mean you don't say the same words. That's okay. Somebody's got to be better. From Caesarea. All right, <laughs> verse 12. Then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me. And he's pointing to those of the circumcision. Mm-hmm. The, and so he's saying, these six guys accompanied right. me, and we entered the man's house. So what do you think them guys thought? Like, man, <laughs> Peter, why are you throwing me on the bus? Why are you throwing me on the bus? Like, why can't you do this? Right, right. Right. And he told us, in my spot, yeah, yeah, verse 13, and he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house. This is... This is this dude, and, and who said to him, send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who will tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved. All right, so yep. So right. let's stop right there. 
So now it's a good point for us to go back and just make a sure. quick mm-hmm. recap here. 12 through 14 is kind of an interesting part because, you know, you were alluding to this, I think, a while ago with kind of the knowledge thing. You know, mm-hmm. Peter's, you know, the apostles are going to lay out this knowledge, you know, like, boom, Bob gets the knowledge yeah. gift. Boom, you know, somebody gets the faith gift, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever You it get is. the gift of tongues. And yeah. You can, you, right. You can speak El, El, El Gapo Spanish, though. <laughs> I can't. Whatever the, it is, uh, the um, but you know the the spirit still had to tell him what to do, right? It's not like Peter had a an instant download always. Oh yeah, verse twelve. The spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like it's not like Peter had a you know uh, this instant uplink, yeah. right? Like Sunday morning, you know, we found that the, somebody we won't make any names or we won't point any fingers, but somebody had cut our uh, internet line and. So we lost our direct link to the. So we had to switch over to to um, uh, Wi-Fi signals and everything off of somebody's phone because we didn't have a direct link anymore. Peter not always had a direct link in the right. sense of that that it was just a constant barrage of information coming to him. We thank you too for cutting that line to make us uh, work extra hard. Right. I didn't get um, to see Bible class because of it, but I'm not going to mention your names. But yeah. they they may be. Related it to wasn't the them that cut it. It was one of their people. Right, right. We'll just That's leave okay. it at that. Chip Hill. We love you, Chip. I'm sorry. Hill. <laughs> We're not going to say names with their initials for Chip Hill. <laughs> right. But. Just kidding. All right. Chip, we thank you for all you do, seriously. The the spirit, you know, that's why we're so thankful to have elders and shepherds like them, you know, and they have good good um, sense I mean, of humor, so they don't fire us. Right, for... good son in laws like Paul planning on paying for this whole room in a year. Oh, yeah, you know, right. I'm just so thankful that he's going to do that. And thanks, Paul. But you know the um, but verse fourteen, you know he he recounts it to him that the angel told him, listen, the angel told Cornelius this deal. Cornelius, you got to get Peter and these guys to come over here. Because they're going to tell you things that you need to do to be saved. You know, he doesn't tell them like he's going to preach him a good sermon. He doesn't tell him he's going to going to have a Bible study with him. He doesn't tell him he's got like man, he's got this bang up message. This thing he wants to tell you. You're going to have to get this guy. He's got to come over here to tell you what you're going to need to do in order to be saved. Right, and it ain't just the angel who's telling him, or it's not just God who's telling. Him. He could, he could have exactly right. Here you see that pattern, that explicit pattern. It's got to be on the backs of a man. Right. It's the way God chose it. Right. Verse 15, and as I began to speak, Peter, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. Now Peter's pointing backwards. Yeah, can we go back for just a second? Oh, yeah. I'm going to stop you like you stopped me. When he said... Um, Who is he? Where? Peter. Verse. Look back at verse 8 of, of uh, chapter 11. I never thought about this before either. Um, he says, Not so, Lord. Um... For nothing uncommon or clean has it any time entered my mouth. Because the voice comes to him, rise, Peter, kill, and eat. Well, in my Bible, it's red. I, I guess yours, you don't have the red letters, do you? Mm-mm. But anyways, it's a, it's signifying the voice of the Lord. And I would just naturally think that's Jesus. You know, rise, Peter, kill, and eat. And then he says, not so, Lord. So he's talking to the Lord. But what's interesting to me, and, and, it, well, and it's also, he backs it up in chapter 10 as well. A voice came... To him, rise, Peter, kill, and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord. So he calls him Lord both times. What God has cleansed you must not call common. But Peter says, and this is just another point to God, the Father, the Son, and the and the Spirit. 
being one. You know, sometimes we want to want to put God and Jesus together, but then we want to put that Holy Spirit way over here. Right. But Peter Peter says in verse twelve, then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. And it's he's saying this is the Spirit of God who's talking to him. And it's but you think about it being Jesus as well and. I guess I've just never thought about it, that the fact that this is the Spirit talking to him. I just always thought it was Jesus talking to him, which would be the Spirit too. Right. Um, it's no different than, than you see three of your boys walking down the hallway. You see, there goes Tips. Yeah. You know, I mean, it could be Coleman. Right. It could be Carson. It could be Case. You know, I mean, it's just as much a Tips as as you are. They were born Tips. That's right. And and, and that's why I explained to my boys is they, they go, Dad, how, does, how is God, um, you know, three parts – but yet, you know, how's the God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit? And I go, well, here's two way I, I explain it. It's like, well, what are you? Are you are you Carson? Or are you are we the Tips family? You know, are we one part or are we many? Mm-hmm. Yes, right. Uh, and then you and then I think about you know you think about a, a mother with a baby. When that baby's conceived, it has its own DNA code. Mm-hmm. Twenty one days after conception, it has its own heartbeat mm-hmm. before the mother even knows she's you know pregnant right and she's two different dna's is, is that mom and that baby or are they one or are they separate uh yeah <laughs> exactly <No>. exactly <laughs> and that's why i explain god yes i don't know <laughs> my little three pound brain could explain right you know god the father the and we're just trying spirit. to we're just trying to figure out a way to put him in a box again that's right and, and we don't have to yeah yeah that's ain't that the blessing of it is that's that right. that i can still see that peter Right, who the Catholic Church is going to say is the first pope, mm-hmm. who the world is going to know. You know, I mean, Peter and Paul, they kind of sit on the same plane as like two of, of Christianity's greats, right? right? Mm-hmm. Peter, th- this guy, he still needed somebody to say, listen, dummy. Right. Listen to me. Listen you're, up. You're, you're not getting it here, right? And, and, and it gives me hope. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I, I'm, I'm saying it for <laughs> yeah, right. And and so you get to see this awesomeness here when Peter has to make this this shift here in his life. The Spirit tells him. Yeah. You know. I mean. So you, so you think about this. God has told him, right? That Jesus, mm-hmm. listen to my son. Right, yeah, you know, because right, right. on the mountain, yeah, Jesus yeah, transfigured yeah, like, so do we make do we need three here, tabernacles here? It's like, God's like, no, listen to listen Jesus, to my boy, listen <laughs> to Jesus, right? And in Matthew twenty eight, the Lord says, "Listen, all authority has been given to me in heaven and the earth. Take, uh, uh, you know, go into all the world and preach the gospel." You hearing a weird noise? Yeah, it's the phone ringing. Oh, the uh, it's vibrating, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I put mine on do not disturb. I thought this through better than Bob did. But the uh, and then finally here the spirit saying that the, you know they all three agree on this one thing right go right, right. Peter go right you got you got this your, your task with this thing and Peter go and he and he's still struggling with it and so here we are you know now Peter's having to 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 re, he's having to you know what he's having to do he's having to step back and say listen I was stupid. You guys are being kind of stupid right here. You know, you don't yep. realize it, but you're missing it just like I did. So yep. let, let me explain to you what happened. Yep. I thought the same thing, but listen, and right. these six dudes were here with me. They were there. They right. saw it. Right, right. And, that, and, that, and chapter 10 alludes to that because he says uh, 45, and those of the circumcision, these now Jewish Christians, who believed were astonished. Mouth dropped. Can't believe that the Spirit had fell upon these people. As many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Period. That's what 
And so they're, they're astonished. And so Peter's like, look, these guys were with me, and they saw the Spirit fall upon these guys the same way. So, and, and these people would have known, right? They, they would have known unequivocally that the only way that – what are you doing? Being weird? I'm, I realize I can cut you. Go ahead, Chris. Good job, Bob. And the um, – the, um, you messed me up. I'm sorry. I had something yeah. really imp- – no, I had a pinnacle moment that I was making, and you messed it up. Now, <laughs> these guys, you said unequivocally. No, really. They would have known without a shadow of a doubt that all through – can you take that off yeah, this? Yeah, get the burp, burp. The That all through they would have saw Peter. They would have saw James. They would have saw all these guys laying on the hands uh, of these people that received the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, boom, the Lord drops the bomb on them with this and shows them right here. Here you go. This is the deal. These guys are accepted. And Peter accounts that recounts that one event for him. You know, this is all this explaining the sheet, right? God showed me with a sheet. God told me to go. God sends an angel to Cornelius. All these things. But these, it t- yeah, right. But it <laughs> took this event, right? It took this Holy Spirit being poured out before it was finally like, wow, just like us. That's when they're astonished because this was the. The stamp, right? The brand they got on it, not the the angel, not the sheet, not the guys coming to just snag Peter. Yeah. Right? These Gentiles show up. It was the Holy Spirit falling on them, and bam! That's when they get the 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 certification, so to speak. Yeah, and and they're really, I mean, they're going to struggle with this because what is it in chapter fifteen that yeah. they're going to have to come together and write a letter to everybody's going. Um, yeah, you don't really have to be circumcised according to the old law. We've, yeah, we've I mean, come to that conclusion. Acts, the, the letter to Antioch, the, really the first epistle that we have is the letter to Antioch in Acts 15. In the book of Acts, right. You know, I mean, that's really the, that, and that's another reason why you can see the caveat with that, that all the writings that Paul wrote are then, are, you know, there's a lot of ways we could prove it, but that's another way that you can prove that, you know... The epistles are, yeah. Gospel, mm-hmm. right? right. I mean, law, so yeah, to speak. Right. And, you know, this is... New this, Testament doctrine, right? Yeah, exactly right. And so the Acts 11, you're here, and Peter's having to recount it, and he's just telling him, like, listen, you, like you said, I got it, you know? So let's keep reading. Uh, 15. Yeah, and I began to speak. Here you go, read it. Uh, yes, sir. Thank you, Bob. Bob, can you read that, please? Let me. Yes. Can I make a public confession, Bob? I'm sorry that I that I uh, issued a command without a, a without a request. On without that. a request. That's what my wife does. She right. gives me. We've been we've been talking about that today. <laughs> my wife gives me commands with requests on the end of them. Like we go take out the garbage, please. <laughs> All right, verse fifteen. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, as upon us at the beginning. He's referring back to Acts 2, the beginning of the church. Right. Verse 16. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they became silent. And they glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. Uh, and then I think we can cut it off right there. Yeah, that's a good way to cut it off. And, and, you know, we can pick up there if you want to next week. But, you know, I think this is just such a, I think this is such an awesome event, too. Not not only like, 
for us, right, modern day Gentiles, mm-hmm. right? But you know, just just think about this, like. If all of a sudden, like, like, this is funny. I don't know if my mama's watching this or not, but like, you know, I, I was, I was kin to half my school when I was growing up, right? I mean, like, with as many cousins. You didn't marry your cousin, did you? I did not. Okay. I did not. Make sure. But you surely had to check. <laughs> but what was really always a cool you thing? Take your cousin to prom? No, 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 no. I'm just kidding. The the. The uh, what was I thought was always a cool thing that would happen is when I would find out somebody else was related to me, you know I'd find out that my family was just that much bigger, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. so like I would find out somebody like, oh, you're my, you know, so like then you could put it together like, your mom and my mom are first cousins, yeah. you know, and so I can't believe we kids. <laughs> I went to my I remember going to my my granny had a 50th anniversary party, mm-hmm. right? And I had this little old cinder block building out in the middle of nowhere. And I had all these people come. They had invited the whole clan and all these people. This is the one time that I remember that I found out that I had so much more people, so much more kinfolk than I ever knew that I had, mm-hmm. right? Because all of us just kind of stuck together. They're close together, all of my immediate cousins. But then when I saw all of my extended family, they didn't know we were cousins either. And we'd been to school with each other our whole lives. Right. And I thought, like, how cool was this, yeah. right? Think about these guys. Now all of a sudden, it's it's not just the gen, the Jewish nation, but I can have family in the whole world. Yeah, it's everybody. There is no bounds now. There is no limit. There's no person that cannot be part of my family now. And and you know, there are a very small group of people at this point with with regards to. I think I I looked this up yesterday, and I think it was like. 180 some million people in the world at the time and according to the only reason I did this because we're studying this series on uh, Wednesday nights and what makes a what makes the uh, what makes a great church mm-hmm. and uh, you know by uh, AD 110 you have Pliny the Younger writing a Trajan saying, you know, he goes to and he's and this was eighty one ten. This is eighty years after the church is established. He's like he sends him sends him to Bithynia, which is kind of like uh, eastern northeastern Turkey, and and he writes him back. And, and it's really cool to read the writings because he says, "Listen, I don't know if you understand the extent of this thing, but like they're in every race, they're in every culture class. Oh, you're there's talking about male, the church? Yeah, there's yeah. male and mm-hmm. female. I mean, there's they're just everywhere." Right, I mean, and 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 because he's just like, wait a minute, I don't think you understand what you put what you put on my plate here. Well, that's because of this. Yeah, what were they wanting him to do? Like Pers- to they persecute want, him, right? Yeah, they want because the, mm-hmm. the big thing was that, and we probably could should talk about this sometime. But the big thing was civic gatherings. You know, Rome was really open to religion, right? But Christians met on which day of the week? First day. The first day of the week, and. It's some really awesome. Maybe we should bring this up sometime and, and study it. But, but they were really kind of hesitant about civic gatherings. That's why in our constitution, right to peacefully gather, mm-hmm. peacefully assemble, is in there because so many governments before then were so, so scared that if people get together, they could insurrect. Right, they could they could revolt. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. look at the right. crowd mentality over, oh, yeah, and that's right. how they crucified the Lord. Right, Acts yep. nineteen, they just yep. about destroy the city of Ephesus because of the crowd mm-hmm. mentality. And so, you know, Trajan is sent dispatched. For, I mean, um, uh, Pliny the Younger is dispatched by Trajan because he's. Uh, I don't want to get into the yeah, Lord, to persecute. And yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, this. 
everybody. Yeah, but they're everybody. Like yeah. you know, like he even says, it's not the cities, it's yeah. the villages, it's the mm-hmm. rural areas, it's the countryside. Yeah, it's everywhere. And it's we ain't got enough room for prisoners. Yeah, that's right. We either had to just start put a hole and put them in it or something. Yeah. But we just can't take it. And that's eighty years afterwards, right? But it starts at this one event right here in Acts eighteen. That all of a sudden, I mean Acts eleven mm-hmm. and verse eighteen, they're astonished. Because now, just think about it. It's not just us. It's not just us. And, and I remember when I became a Christian, one of the most polarizing thoughts that I had was that I, when I learned that I was lost, right? When I learned that, it was, that I was in this helpless state, but I could fix it. And, and when I could fix it, I thought... And I remember, and I, and I hope that I never forget this feeling because it's a driving force behind me teaching the lost, is that I learned that I was lost and I didn't know it. And once I realized that I was lost, I realized then that everybody else was too for the same reason. They just need to be saved from themselves. They just don't know. And and that has motivated me so much. And, and now, all of a sudden, it's not just the Jews Right, it's not just Abraham's seed; it's the whole world can have it, and what a blessing it is. This is the unscripted podcast.